and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I am Mandy Kay, your host who has now finished Shadow and Bone. But none of the other ones yet. I'm very happy for you. And you don't sound very happy for me. See, the thing is, I, I am, and I'm happy for me. But also, what I really want you to read is Six of Crows, and I'm still just sad that it's going to be so long before you can read Six of Crows. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I really think that you should give up on this whole having self-discipline thing and just read it so that we can talk about it. But also, it's cool if you don't make your own choices and stuff. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna oh, do it. I can't believe this. It's hard. Like, super hard. Um, especially now that, you know, we're done with season one. I'm done with the first book. Like, I'm dying to know what happens. And, like... The book is right there. It's it's right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait, and I'm going to watch the show first, and then I'll read the book. It's hard. I will tell you, it is extraordinarily hard, but this is the thing I want to do, so I'm going to do it. All right. So today we're discussing chapter 18 until the end. Until the end. I think it's called the after. Well, it just meant the end of the book. Yeah. Well, it's still called the after. I think it's weird. Well, because the first bit was called Before. Yeah, but I just think it's weird to, like, we've had this whole book mm-hmm. in Alina's first-person perspective, and then you get to the the epilogue, essentially, and mm-hmm. it's the after, and it's about the boy and the girl, and it's all in third person. And Which is the same just, style that weird. Before was in. I know, but oh, okay. it's it was just jarring mm. to finish the book and then get to that point. It just, it was jarring. It was weird. It's a choice. It is certainly a choice. So stuff happens. It does. Stuff happens differently than it happened in the show. Very. Because we don't have a whole big group of characters that we have to bring together. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I I don't know the best way to go through these. Like just kind of start going through them or like how? There were two big changes or two big things in the book that were not in the show that I did want to ask you about. Okay. First of all, I guess... Alina asks Mal to offer. Right? Yeah. How did you feel about that? Or how did you <sighs> feel about them not having it in the show? How did you feel about it in the book? You know. I think my feelings about it are complicated. Mm. <laughs> okay. Because mm, I feel like in the show, Alina had more agency than she had in the book. Oh, I... Okay. And... And, and, and okay, let me let me explain that. How about that? So in the show, the decision to go get the stag was Alina's. Yeah, she was the one pushing it. She was the one who was saying, "I need to do this. You need. Will you help me?" Right. right? In the book, Mal's the one who's pushing it. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it so it just felt like everything that Alina was doing up to finding the stag was reacting to Mal instead of making her own decisions. And so, like, I feel like if they had had it in the show, I would have, it would have made sense. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work for me as well in the book because all of a sudden it felt like she's not reacting anymore. And maybe it's supposed to be a moment of character growth. I'm not sure, but it didn't read that way to me. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I like the idea of it. Because it does absolutely make sense. She would rather be dead than let the Darkling use her. 
Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Asking Mal to do it makes perfect sense. Like she said in the book, who else am I going to ask? Yeah. Like when you think about it strictly logically, it absolutely works. But the way it was presented to me didn't work because I'm I am not a fan of I'm not as much a fan of the Alina from the book as I am the Alina from the show. Interesting. Okay. There are things I like about both. And I think the differences, uh, uh, the differences really shine at the end here. So Mm -hmm. I guess we'll probably get into them a bit. But you're you're right in that since Mal is the one saying we should go after the stag, and then Lelina says, if they get it before us, you have to kill me, then why wouldn't Mal just say, all right, then plan over. Let's do something else. (laughs) Right? Because if nobody's pushing him to go get it, and Mm -hmm. why wouldn't he be like, actually, I don't want to kill you. So let's not go after the stag. Yeah. Yeah. I guess because the Darkling has to have both Alina and the stag for it to be powerful. So he could have just chosen to, well, okay, let's take you, let's go hide. Yeah. And they didn't do that. I don't know. I think it's weird. I also still hate that they just call him the Darkling all the way through. I, I hate it. But I know that's a very visceral thing for all the book readers out there. I Again, I don't even notice it. I, I hate that they call him Alexander in the show. I know. Stupid. Why didn't they? <laughs> if they wanted to give him, I can I can completely understand wanting to give him a name, like wanting to not have to, on a television show, call him the Darkling. That makes 100% sense to me. But why not just stick with Kerrigan? Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Anyways... Um, the second thing is, in the show, you really liked that when they were reunited and all the miscommunication was solved, it wasn't romantic. Mm-hmm. In this one, they, like, make out a couple of times. Mm-hmm. What were your feelings on that? <sighs> I don't think I remembered it being significantly different. That's interesting. You but have... it may be because I just knew that, you know, the end game is that it is romantic. And, and so I was coming at it from that perspective. I liked Mal's speech to her. Mm-hmm. You know, on the show, really all we got was, I'm sorry I didn't see you before I see you now, which is a great line. Yeah. Um, but we got his whole speech in the book Yeah, that he made to her about how he was feeling every moment that she was gone and how every time he remembered, it was like the wind got knocked out of him. And I think because of that, I was all swoony. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. I will say, as far as the show is concerned, we didn't need him to give the speech because it was very clear with all that we saw from him. That, Absolutely. That, yeah, you know, you're right. we didn't need to tell him that he missed her. He was very, very obviously mm-hmm. uh, missing her in the show. Yeah. And I think, I think that's part of the difference, too, because we also, on the show, we were there with both of them the entire time Mm -hmm. so we experienced both of them Mm -hmm. and they didn't have a big falling out once they were back together like they were just back together and it was just mal and alina against the world and so it made more sense in the book that they kind of because they had the conflict with each other where they were mad at each other and they weren't speaking for so many days or whatever that once they finally came together and talked and then he gives the speech, it makes sense that that release of emotion and tension would immediately go into, okay, we're going to make out now. Right. Gotcha. And like, we didn't need that on the show. And so it worked. Like, I'm, I'm really glad they did it the way they did on the show. Mm-hmm. But it still worked for me in the book. 
I think it's an interesting choice that they saved their first kiss on the show. Like, what are they saving it for? When are they going to put it? Do they have something in mind for a big moment? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That's that. That's interesting to me. Yeah. I, thinking about, back to the show, like now, that's not even something that I remember. That they didn't make out at that all? That they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I remember us having the conversation when we watched the episode, but looking back on it, it's not something I remember. Yeah, the, the actors, both of them, do a really good job of having the emotions and, like, the devotion to each other. So, I like, all that got across. It's not that I particularly missed it from the show. It's that I don't know why they didn't do it. And I'm curious. Right. I'm just very curious what their plan is for that. Because, like, thinking about the plot of book two, there's not really a big mm. moment for it. Unless, <sighs> uh, I don't know. I don't want to say anything, but. Do you think maybe they did it off screen? They wouldn't do that. You don't think so? Okay. No TV show would have like their one of their main romantic pairings have their first kiss off screen. I guess that's, that's just bad writing. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, anything else that you had? Um, not on those two things particularly. Um, politically, mm-hmm. I, I did find it interesting that they specifically talk about how even the first army was starting to grumble against the king. Yeah. And the king doesn't care about the first army. Mm-hmm. Like, that seemed almost in... I, well, I guess it's not direct opposition to the show, but it's not addressed in the show at all. Yeah, a lot of the, the sort of coup that the Darkling and or the um, the Apparat do at the end here, a lot mm-hmm. of that just wasn't very well addressed in the show. I thought it was very glossed over. They had a couple yeah. of lines in there, but it wasn't clear that, like, yeah, the king is out of power now. Others are taking over. Right. They they focus so much on the revolt of the West Robkins, which isn't in the book at all. Yeah. That when they do give the line at the end, you know, when Jenya tells her that the, the king is sick, so the apparat has taken power and the queen is... You know, like, it's just such a throwaway line that it doesn't come across as this is a political coup. Yeah. Like, is the king even sick or is something else happening there? Right. So the book definitely, definitely calls attention to it. Yeah. Um, in a way, the, the show didn't. Um, I also found it interesting that Mal's tracking of the stag mm-hmm. wasn't just him, Mikhail, and Dobrov. It was an entire, like, regiment. Like, his captain was there. There were nine people. Right, until and it was they just volunteered one, to go into Fierda. And they volunteered to do the one small piece, yeah, which is where they ended up all dying. But like the in, in the show, it was just Mal and his two friends who did the whole thing. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Cast less people, care about less people. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. The Darkling didn't need a piece of the antler. No. In him, he just needed to have control of the amplifier, and then he just had to, like, I don't even know if he had to touch her to control it or if he could just think it. He just thought think- it on a couple of different times here. I I actually really didn't like that in the show. That like, I get why they did it. It was a good visual representation of it, especially when she, like, stabbed it out of his hand later. Right. Good visual representation. But at the end of the book, they're weird connection is still there right just because she could take over from him he could still say you know like do this and she just was like oh no so their connection is still there 
I don't mm. get that impression at the show. Right. Yeah, no, I don't. It. I felt like it was ambiguous in the book mm. and clear in the show that she severed the connection in the show. Because of the visual representation, she took the power of the the antlers that were on her and put them in her body and mm-hmm. took away his physical connection to it. Mm-hmm. And so, so that felt clear. But what I'm saying is that's wrong. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, well, in just reading, but. yeah, I was going to say just reading what I've read in this book in Shadow and Bone, it felt ambiguous. Yeah. I, th- um, I, I think the show's going to, I don't know, the ending of the show, the way they did that felt problematic to me. Okay. Because the fact that it isn't gone is important. Mm, I see. Sorry for the spoilers. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I really liked the scene where um, he's just put the collar on her and he's making her use her power and she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. She can't stop it. Mm-hmm. She says, I felt none of the exhilaration or joy that I had come to expect from using my power. It wasn't mine anymore. And I was drowning, helpless, caught in that horrible, invisible grip. Yeah. And I like one of the things that we talked about before was how great it was when she did come into her own and she accepted it. Yeah. And to now see her mourning it is nice. Yeah. And there's a line. I mean, it's, oh, it's not sorry. nice that she's mourning it, but it's right, nice yeah. that, that, that it's included. <laughs> there's a line later when she does realize she still has the power that she's like, you know, just like before, it was always mine or something like that. I mm-hmm. didn't mark it because I'm the worst. I did mark that she punched Ivan because everybody loves that. Nice. Yes. Annoying that she didn't get to do it in the show. (laughs) But whatever. I can't find it. But yeah, I liked when when she took her power back. She was like, oh, yeah, this is mine, bitch. Yeah. She didn't say bitch, but, you know, I'm sure it was implied. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Going back to the apparat for a minute, they also call out in the book that... Like, what game is the Apparat playing here? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is the Apparat loyal to the Darkling, or is he doing his own, like, long con? And that's completely glossed over in the show. Yeah. And I imagine that's going to come back in a future book. I will say those are good questions to have. <laughs> I also really like... So, I love Jenya in the show. Mm-hmm. But the scene where Jenya comes to see her... After she's been captured by the Darkling. Mm-hmm. I like it better in the book. Because Jinya's showing true remorse here. It's not just, well, the Darkling saved me and he's a Grisha and so I'm loyal to him and then she leaves. Like, she had tears in her eyes. And, and she even told her David regrets kind of what he did. David in the show is like a completely different character than David in the book. Which, I mean, he's still fun in the show. He's just different. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I liked this better when Jenya is genuinely remorseful about what's happening to Alina, even if she kind of believes in the Darkling and is loyal to the Darkling. Mm-hmm. Like, she has empathy for what Alina is going through, and I didn't get that sense from her on the show. The thing is, for me personally, everything she said in the show is still true in the book. Mm-hmm. It just, they haven't had that conversation yet. Okay. So I don't know, actually, if I like it any better. Because it just feels like like even worse lies. Or like, sure, you're remorseful, but you were in a position where you could have done something about it, Jenya. Mm-hmm. Or where, you know, and you, you clearly like Alina, but you're still just letting this happen. 
And you could tell through their like double speak that Jenny knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And in the in the book, we didn't really get into her motivations. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like she loves the Darkling and that's what she wants. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think maybe what I really like is the amalgamation of the two. Yeah. <laughs> no, like Jenny's one of my favorite characters. I really love where her story goes. Mm-hmm. But right now in this moment, I hate her. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, basically, she was Alina's only friend, and that meant nothing to her, as far mm-hmm. as we know right now. Yeah. And then the Darkling is going to kill Mao. Yep. He was never going to do that in the show. because he, And he even specifically said, you know, if I have to wait 50 years, she'll come around eventually. Oh, and was- here, he's just, I'm going to be mean for the sake of being mean. Was that conversation not in the show? No, that conversation was in the show. Like, he said that to Mal. Oh, he gave, said it to Mal. Okay, not to her. Okay. Yeah, I he gotcha. didn't say it to her. He said it to Mal. Okay. Um, and every interaction that he had with Alina, he kept saying things like, um, I don't know, he, he was still manipulating her. He never showed his true colors right. in the show. He was always manipulating her, um, hoping, and I think manipulating himself, believing that... 50 years in the future, she's going to eventually, like, forgive him and forget all this shit happened. And so in the show, he wasn't willing to sacrifice Mal because he didn't want Alina to hate him even more. And here, he's just like, no, I'm not going to be merciful. I'm just going to kill the bitch. Yep. It's going to cause you pain, so let's do it. And I don't like that. <laughs> but it makes it easier for me to hate the Darkling mm-hmm. than the show version. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. I wonder why they did that. I can't really think of why they would somehow make him slightly nicer in the show. Like, hey, I'm not going to just murder some this one person, but I am going to murder all these other people. So, like, ever so slightly yeah. nicer. Nicer specifically to Alina, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think they wanted to make him more complicated so that, I mean, it's Ben Barnes and they want people to ship him. <laughs> Does the show want that? I did, well, I guess they do to a point. Um, I mean, they don't need to help that along. People are obsessed. So fair enough. Although that being said, I am sad that in the show we don't get Alina's inner thoughts about how much she wants the power. Mm-hmm. I love that part of Alina. I love that that uh, sort of part of herself that she has to deal with right now and and going forward. Yeah, you mean when when Mal says that they'll get rid of the collar and she's like no yeah there and like when even just when she does claim it back and she's just like oh yes power yeah and and just any any time when she's really into it and i even think she has a moment when the darkling's like we could do this together and she has a moment where she imagines that she's like a part of me still wants that a part of me still wants to be with him and do all this together yeah um we also finally get the scene where we find out about the scar on her hand. Oh, yeah. When that came up, I was like, I'd completely forgotten that we hadn't already gotten it. I didn't <laughs> remember at all that it came so late in the book. Yeah. I remember I was thinking about it before I started reading. I was like, we're almost to the end of the book, and we still don't know anything about her scar. And then I was like, but Caitlin said she had the scar in the book. It was just different. So it has to be in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it was. Um, and I, I have no idea why they changed it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like it's important enough to keep. 
other than because they were trying to give us additional visual representation since we weren't getting her internal monologues. Yeah, again. Because it, it wasn't in the show. It was an important piece of her letting go of Mal. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they had to do that. But it's just so different. I can see where maybe like, well, I think I mentioned this last week where the actual flashback in the book wouldn't have been very interesting mm-hmm. to, to film. Like it just would have been, hey, we're I'm back. Oh, hey. Yeah. And then you would have seen a look in her face. Like, like it wouldn't have been that great. So I can understand why they changed it and made it a whole big thing, mm-hmm. I guess, to show their connection on screen. Yeah. And I, I, I'm like 90% certain this car is never brought up again in the books. Well, it'll probably never be brought up again in the show either because... Well, she got rid of it. Yeah, she doesn't even have it anymore. Yeah. So, Unless they continue to flash back to her testing, but I feel like they don't even need to oh do that God. anymore. Please, God, don't. I'm so sick of those <laughs> flashbacks. There were so many of them in the show. Yeah. Give me more Jenny and Zoya. <laughs> no, I want some Nina. Nina. I, it, I don't know what to want about the Six of Crows characters in season two. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know what to want. Well, I guess we'll find out when we get to it. <laughs> so far away, though. Like, we don't yeah. even know when. Um, the last thing that I have was... So when they're on the skiff in the fold, crossing the fold, mm-hmm. and the Darkling decides to expand the fold, mm-hmm. that scene played out completely differently in the book than it did on the show. Yes. And in the book, Alina knew instantly what he was doing, mm-hmm. and it came out of left field. And in the show, they kind of built up to it, and it was clear what was happening and why it was happening. Mm-hmm. And in the in the book, it was just like, nope, all of a sudden, he gives the signal, they stop the skiff, he claps his hand together, and then it's expanded. I don't know. It just, it felt weird. I guess I can't ask you if it would have felt weird if you hadn't seen the show. Cause yeah, that's fair that's enough. That's impossible. Um, I don't remember it feeling weird the first time okay. I read the book. It was okay. because, uh, like, the whole political stuff with, West Ravka obviously isn't in the book at all. Yeah. And it just sort of seemed like like a good place to end the story because we started with Mal and Alina trying to cross the fold and we end with them crossing the fold and getting to the other side. And so it sort of made sense that we would be on the fold except this time Alina has her power and it, instead of discovering it, it's about her reclaiming it and we knew that the mm-hmm. Darkling wanted to do something but not take the fold down Mm -hmm. so I don't know it sort of made sense I think it was just how quickly it happened because it was like two sentences like in one paragraph she's she's made the tunnel and she can see the other side she can see the children playing and the green grass Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he makes a signal they stop the skiff and she understands immediately what's about to happen and I just felt like Nobody should have been able to figure out what he was about to do based on that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, that may be too nitpicky. I can't say anything. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, I mean, I will say maybe that's foreshadowing. Okay. I've never actually thought of it that way before. But now that you say that, it kind of feels that way to me. Mm. Okay. And then um, Alina uses the cut. Yeah. Yeah, Twice. I'm so pissed that they cut... All of her being, like, awesome with all of her power out of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and had the Darkling fight fucking Mal. I hate Mal. 
I'm still angry. Why didn't the Darkling just cut him in half? <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever. Why didn't Alina have... This is what I'm talking about in the show, having giving Alina way less agency. Like, okay. she was in control of this whole situation as soon as she had her powers back in the book. She was but like... Yeah, and she decided to run. She left. She literally used her power to cut the fucking skiff in half. She left all those people in the fold. Yes. Like, in the show, she made sure that they got out. Mm-hmm. Like, they put well, in the show, Alexander they had- off the skiff into the darkness, and they got out. And I guess that's because she also had the help of Zoya and Inej and Jesper. She didn't have that here, and that's probably the difference, but... I don't like that she left everybody. Yeah, that is going to be a plot point going forward. Don't worry. It's not just going to be forgotten about. But yeah, she did ask for the other Grisha and the First Army to help her, but nobody did. So then she was like, okay, well, then bye. I'm not staying to be a slave. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I understand that. I I think she was willing to do, do it the other way if they had stepped up, but they didn't. So Yeah, and I guess they did in the book. Well, well, some of like them did. the yeah, and Zoya did at least, and the characters who aren't in the book stepped up. Yeah, um, and I don't even know if Zoya was there. She was they not. Didn't, they didn't mention her by name. She, was not. So. she she absolutely would have stepped up if she was there because, as she says in the show, her family does live in in that town that the Darkling mm. just Novo Kravirsk. Mm, Novo Kravirsk, yes. Yeah, some interesting changes that kind of impact the character's personality and development and so I'm really curious how this is going to shake out in season two because like you said I mean at the end Alina's having nightmares because she left people in the fold Mm -hmm. so clearly this has affected her it has changed her Mm -hmm. but she didn't go through that in the show because she got them out yeah so it'll be interesting oh hey I did mark the line I was trying to think of where she wanted the power go me So I'm just going to read it quickly. I dreamed of this moment, standing by his side. I'd wanted to believe in the destiny he'd laid out for me, that the orphan no one wanted would change the world and be adored for it. Mm. Don't we all want that, to change the world and be adored for it? I certainly don't. No, thank you. (laughs) You just want to stay in your house with your pretty books and read them. That is accurate. I do not like being the center of attention, so that sounds terrible. So, Alina and Mal go off mm-hmm. at the end. I would be admiss if I didn't bring up the um, when the Darkling says, fine, make me your villain. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that it's kind of almost a throwaway line in here, but then it became such a big, important line to the fans. And also, it, it comes up again. Oh, and okay. The The whole him thinking that he's not the villain and all that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. it's a good line. Yeah, it was. I I noticed it, and I was like, wow, that really is kind of a throwaway line, but they did it perfectly in the show. Oh, my God, it was so good. And I'm really glad they did that because it did become such an important line to everyone and such a quintessential Darkling line Mm -hmm. that I'm glad they gave it its its oomph. Again, I don't know. When Lee was writing these books, I'm sure she wasn't like, and this line's going to be so good. Right. Yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. Words have a mind of their own, you know? They just... They go yeah. out into the world and do their own thing. Yeah. And of course, then we end the book with Mal and Alina alone together against the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of as they started, that's how they ended. 
My um special edition book has like one of Mal's letters at the end, but I didn't I didn't read it because I don't care about Mal. <laughs> you say that in every single episode. I want I don't want people to forget. I don't think I there think. is a chance that anybody is going to forget how you feel about Mal. <laughs> just just going to throw that out there. Well, we'll see what they do with him in season 2. Yeah. Cuz in book 2 he's the fucking worst. Oh god. It's All a right, ver- well. it's a very early 2010s book two in a YA trilogy, so <laughs> Mal and Alina exchange about five words. Oh, okay. Well, I probably got a couple years before we read it, so. God. <laughs> All right, so we are now done with the book Shadow and Bone. But before we finish this episode, we have a lot of emails from people. Well, not a lot, a lot, but more than we've read before. So yay! I we're- like emails. We're just going to go through a couple here. Okay, so we got one from Auntie Iroh um, that's mostly about the show. Uh, I, I get the impression she has not read the books. Or maybe she has. Sorry, yeah, she has read the books. I apologize. But it is about the show. And she says some very nice things. Thank you very much. But I wanted to address how you said that um, Jesper knowing more about Kaz makes sense in the show to externalize what was going on there and... How it wouldn't make sense for Inej to know anything, um, you know, because they want the, the their story together to unfold across the seasons. And I just wanted to say, whilst I absolutely get what you're saying, the whole format of Six of Crows, the book, and obviously I have no idea how they're going to do it in the show, but season one had a lot of flashbacks. So the whole format of Six of Crows is that we get chapters with them that are flashbacks. And so we see everything. So you don't need to externalize it because we're going to presumably see it all. I, I don't know. I It still just bothers me. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I am happy for anybody out there to not be obsessed with that poor choice that I, or at least I think it's a poor choice that the writers made. But it's just, I don't know. I don't like it. I think Jesper and Kaz's relationship relies on them, on, on Jesper not truly understanding Kaz the way he thinks he does and I can't really get deeper into that without a lot of spoilers so yeah I'm just staying quiet because I don't know we got another email from Libby who again said a lot of nice things and also confirmed that she knew who I meant with my (laughs) the weird way I was describing people last week and yes you named the correct characters and she agrees with me that that would obviously be the best way to continue the Grisha series. Everybody agrees. Those four characters. <laughs> that whole story set up there. Yes. Okay. And then she did have a question, some questions for us about finishing off the book here. Um, I think one of them we kind of answered, but I'll ask it anyway, just in case there was any more to be said. What do you both think of the prologue and the epilogue of the book? I really enjoy this third-person story view and anonymity. I cannot say that word. And I found them very sweet and wholesome. Mm. What do you think? Sweet and wholesome are definitely two words, two good words to describe them. Mm -hmm. It just startled me when I got to the end because I wasn't expecting it. And we had had not had that for 22 chapters. That's all. Right. Um, But I do think sweet and wholesome, absolutely. The prologue I like because it sets up Alina and why she's made the choices she's made. Uh, The epilogue I don't like because I hate Mal. (laughs) Yep. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't think... uh, When I first read Shadow and Bone, I 
I did like it because I hadn't read book two yet, so I didn't quite hate Mal as much as I came to. Mm. And I didn't realize that there was going to be this shining star of another option for Alina, romantically speaking. Although, again, as I've said, I like the way the stories do turn out. So, or I don't know, maybe that was in the spoiler episode. Well, whatever. It's in some episode. I do talk about that. But, eh, Mal. That almost sounds like Alina's going to end up with Mal, and you're saying that you like it despite hating Mal. I don't know if that's what you're saying, but that's kind of what that just sounded like. Not. You don't have to. You, yeah. you don't have to respond. It's fine. <laughs> and question two. Did you find you were missing the crows in the final boat scene? Uh, I just loved them being in it so much. And they really made the boat fight better, in my opinion. Um, I'm just going to answer this first. Like I said, I hated how the show took away Alina having control of the situation and being able to use her power and use the cut. How, how, what, what are they saving that for? Anyways, whatever that, that I would have, I wanted Alina to be powerful. She's our main character, but yes, I always miss the crows because I love them. Yes. (laughs) Just yes. Just yes. I did miss them. I felt like, honestly, I felt like the, the boat scene was a little bit boring in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because, you know, in the show, we got Volcra attacks and gunfights and, like, so much more action than just yeah the Darkling throwing Mal off the boat and Alina being upset and then running and jumping off after him. I mean, the Volcra attacked Mal. The Volcra did attack Mal, but we didn't get to see it. We just got to see right. her expand the light to him so the Volcra went away yeah yeah the action scene at the end of the show was really good and i absolutely understand why they made it a big action scene mm-hmm. that makes sense uh i just wanted alina to be involved in the action yeah no i get that like i i wish that the action scene in the book had been more like the one in the show but incorporating those things yeah of alina alina being the one who's actually trying to save the day and you know, I I love that she did the cut. I hate that she leaves them. I do, but I get it. I get it. No, but... I think I think that's the right mental mental place to be in. Yeah. Um, and so again, because she saved the skiff in the show, she couldn't do the cut and destroy it. So I'm not sure when else she would have done it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I imagine that they are probably saving it for a big moment in season two, even though. But you're not sure that there is one. <laughs> nothing happens in season two. <laughs> I mean, they changed a lot here, so something has to happen. Like, they're going to fabricate something. If they change the fi- the final climax of, of, the book, of book two, people who've read the book know what I'm talking about in the chapel. That scene is perfection in the book. That scene was written in a book to be put on screen. Like... I I vividly recall the first time I read it thinking to myself, this has to be on, on a screen. So if they change okay. it in any way, just that one scene, everything that's happening around it, sure, whatever. I don't I don't actually care that much. But that one scene in the chapel that has to be exact or I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> and there is no use of the cut there. So <sighs> and okay. everything else is in book two is mostly politics Mm, okay well well that'll be interesting because they did cut out most of the politics from the book exactly so this this will be really interesting then to see what they do with it 
uh, maybe at the beginning they could do it. You know, um, uh, when things are happening on a boat, that could be interesting. Okay. Yeah. Although, we'll see. I mean, they could put it there. It's, just, it's an option. Anyways, um, just this isn't a question, but I do love that Libby put in the line: "Is Mandy honestly not going to read any more books until the series come out comes out?" Mm. That's as of right now. That is the plan. That is the plan. Uh, anyway, and she goes on to admire. It's hard, but I really sorry, sorry. I I just I have to say this: it's hard, but I I really enjoy the dynamics of our conversations. Yeah, no, I I do too. It makes sense, but and I don't want to lose that, even though this is going to be really, really hard. Yeah. So that's all. That's that's it. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just, she admires your patience. That's all. Oh, well, thank you. Luckily, I have many other books to read and many other TV shows to watch. So it gets me through. Yes. Okay. And then we got a very nice email from Jasmine. Uh, there's no real questions in it. I just wanted to say that uh, I admire your <laughs> watching the show and, you know, who cares about Shadow and Bone? You needed to read Six of Crows and Kingdom and Crooked Kingdom right then. <laughs> And yes, I agree with basically everything you said about those books. They are amazing and the best, and everybody should do the same. <laughs> I support it. Absolutely. All right. And then our last email that I'm going to read, we got an email from Edgar. And he said some very nice things. And wanted to um, share some thoughts about the Darkling's amplification power. Amplification of power through a device or object is pretty common in fiction. It's less common when it's done through another person, and even then, it's through absorbing that person's essence in some manner, usually. But the way it's done in the book compared to the show, it's almost like the Darkling's touch is a drug for Grisha. The certainty that Alina feels when the Darkling touches her must be felt by other Grisha as well. Maybe that's why those close to the Darkling are so loyal. The certainty that swells when he, when he touches you. That sounded real dirty, sorry. Um, it must feel amazing. Oh, it's just dirty for me now. Anyways, especially when one is making out with him. Oh, okay, we were going in that direction. Um, though it doesn't seem addictive since Bagra also shares this touch, but no one's climbing over themselves to sit on the right or left arm of her. Mm. It's just another tool he uses to create total blind trust in him. Yeah, absolutely. I would say I think those are great observations. A hundred percent. And I think looking at it from that perspective and the way the Darkling combines the use of that tool with his manipulation and his words, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what's driving the loyalty. And Bagra doesn't give two shits what people think about her. So she's just mean to everybody. And I think that that probably makes it, that's why people aren't climbing over themselves to sit at her hand, right? Because... She hits them with a cane and talks shit to them. Yeah, everybody talks about how they don't like her. But the Darkling is, like, he's got a, like, a tongue of honey, when especially when he talks to Alina. Mm-hmm. But he, even with his, manip- his manipulation of Jenya started when she was 11. Yeah, and you can assume it's the same for anybody he deems powerful or useful. Or useful. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want Ivan's story just to know what... Like, how, what does the Darkling say to him? I guess, but, like, if you could have picked out one person I hate more than Mal in this book, it's Ivan. Oh, absolutely. Ivan in the show and Ivan in the book are two completely different characters. But Ivan has such blind devotion to the Darkling. Um, And so then when you filter that through the lens of Edgar's email, 
you know, and we start thinking about how it's the the touch plus the words, like what has he used to manipulate Ivan so much that Ivan has such blind devotion to him? I think you're giving Ivan too much credit. I think he likes power. And and maybe. the Darkling being in charge is what's going to get him the most power. Maybe. Maybe. Also, in the show, I'm pretty sure Ivan's dead, so one could presume that he's mm. not long for life in the books either. I mean, I did really like Ivan and Fedor together in the show. I know. I hate that fucking scene because <laughs> it makes me care about goddamn Ivan. Yeah, I understand. I totally understand because Ivan in the book is, there's no, I hate him. Yeah. He's just awful. All right, well, I think our podcast is entering the long dark now. I think it is. Um, we're planning and hoping for some bonus episodes, um, but we'll have to see if those will come yeah. to fruition or yeah. not. Other than that, you might not hear from us until casting is announced. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm pretty sure, like, within the past couple weeks... Kit Young tweeted that casting hadn't happened yet. So, yeah, I'm going to have to rely on you completely for this. I don't follow anybody who talks about Shadow and Bone because I don't want to be spoiled. Right. That makes sense. I don't even follow Kit Young on Twitter. I didn't see this personally. It just like came up on my Instagram Explore page that somebody said, Oh, never mind. That's fucking spoilers. Jesus. <laughs> see, this is why I don't follow y'all people on this stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, if anybody else comes across that, you know, it's it's funny. But it made Kit Young mention that the sixth crow hadn't been cast yet. Mm, so. Got it. Okay. So we've probably got a long dark coming before yeah. before we get any announcements. Uh, I just want to know who's playing them all. <laughs> Soon. It will, it will come. Well, you know, in the 100 years that is 2021. It has been a long year. Wow. All right. Well, you can tweet us at EnterTheFoldPod, and you can email us at EnterTheFoldPod at gmail.com. I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at EloquentGushing.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EloquentGushing, or you can give me a shout-out on Twitter at Mandy Kay. Okay, so... Since I'm out of good one-liners, I've decided to try some lines that are said about that character instead okay. of um, by that character. And I would like to specify mostly for Mandy's uh, knowledge, this character has a lot of other good lines. They're just not one-liners, so we would have to have a conversation, and it's just not the same. So, of course I'm jealous. I thought I was going to get to punch him. That isn't the point. <laughs> Oh God, I can't wait for this time.